Welcome back to Everybody Mag. You're now into Everybody Mag chat room. This is your boy, Frel. And welcome back to season two. I'm happy y'all continue to stick it out with me and and tune in each week. That's just the shit. So thank y'all. Uh, as always, email everybodymadpod at gmail.com, IG, Facebook, uh, Everybody Mad Pod, and all major podcast platforms. Everybody Mad. Uh, I'm here by myself this week, and uh, this is a raw episode, and y'all gonna hear deep reference in the background the entire episode. It's just the track that uh, has me in that vibe at the moment, and uh, I appreciate it being here in the background. Um, And I'm gonna get a little bit more into it as this episode goes along. Uh, But I wanna highlight a few things with this. This will likely be a two-part episode. as what I'm going to talk about, I feel like is something that that's going to grow a little bit over this coming month and then over the next few weeks. Uh, I don't know exactly when that part two will be recorded or even dropped. Um, I think once this finished product is put together, what it sums up will be the, the the stopping point, and where it picks up will just be the other leg of the the lived experience. Um, and so in that, I'm also uh, in this this period, I'm recording on December 2nd, and for right now, I'm on a sober tip, meaning I'm not smoking weed for the first couple of weeks of, of December. Uh, I decided to join a, another small group of people um, from Clubhouse that are fasting um, for December. I'm not fasting the whole December, but at least um, the first couple of weeks, so... This is an episode that will be recorded without weed smoking. Um, so yeah, join me on the contents of this. So what am I getting into today? This episode will be called Inside of Me and Connecting Some Dots. Um, I want to read off where I'm starting and why I think this position point actually matters to the decision to actually, you know, sit down and record this episode, as well as uh, the subject matter and what I'm gonna get into with it. So here it is. An Aquarius can be so militant and hard to read that they could be going through the biggest trials of their life and you never know it. I started the year anticipating that uh, my grandmother's passing would be imminent and all of that was there uh it was something that i had known for a lot of part of for the greater part i should say of 2019 i've done a couple of other episodes um that talk a little bit about that but not connecting any of these dots so uh 
beginning part of the year, New Year, I, it was something that I fully anticipated. I was away and I anticipated actually returning back to New York or potentially getting the news while away. Um, so it wasn't something that would have been uh, shocking, but it still would have just been what it was in that moment. Um, however, it was a little delayed. Uh, she passed on the 21st of January and my birthday happens to be the 23rd of January and I was just telling someone earlier um, about that particular situation as I said most people would never really know um, you know when I was sad because that's not something uh, that's that's not a feeling that I often have. It's not a, it's not an emotion that you know comes over me often. It's not something that I can say. Um, it's just something that I'm familiar with. It's not. Uh, but in that time period, I hosted a small game night for my birthday, and I remember mentioning it wasn't something that anyone knew about. And for me, that was important. It was important that that space still have the same sort of joy and happiness that it was intended to have. And that my moment of sadness um, could still exist in that space. And so for me, it was about, you know, bringing people together for a good time because while it was something in celebration of me, the joy, the, 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 the energy of having people around in that mat in that manner is what fulfilled me it's what recharged me so it wasn't to to you know be sneaky or hide or mysterious but it was just really tapping into an understanding you know the purpose that I have for this particular um, endeavor and to me that purpose was paramount um, that purpose again is what the, the energy that I was looking for from that space to, to continue uh, you know trying to, to navigate the moment and the reason I bring all that up is to talk about where I feel like uh, the growth of this podcast came from and how that has just impacted me and put me where I'm at now. And I know I've, I've talked in previous episodes about, uh, I've talked in previous episodes about the growth of the podcast and how it came about and, you know, just some of those things. But I really want to take a moment to really dive into uh, what that was. At this point, in the season two, you, you've heard the episode uh, with Tierra of the Oprah Rose show, and you know, um, you know that backstory. If not, go listen to the episode one of season two. Um, but during that period of not just discovering, you know, the beauty and podcasts, uh, but just you know, really growing into liking them, I I had a lot of conversations with people. Oh, you should start a podcast. Um, you know, it'd be good to get those thoughts out. And for me, the journey to starting this podcast really began, pff, hell, after graduating college and wanting 
well, I would say even before graduating college, going back to the, you know, the blogs and wanting something to uh, have a space to, to really get my thoughts out in an analytical way, express, you know, what was on my mind, put it out for public consumption, spark conversation, spark opinions and thoughts and, and debate and discussion. And during that period, uh, I found myself wanting to do that once again. What I recognize would be different about this time though is I felt like there was more um, at stake. There was more that I you know, needed to um, be doing with it. That it wouldn't simply just be a podcast, um, something that's there, but using it as a vehicle um, to move things forward, to um, really dive into where I feel there are topics and conversations that deserve more um, discussion, that deserve more perspective, that deserve more opinions um, and space. And so I really had to go through this this really ongoing conversation with myself about am I ready? Can I do it? Uh, is my voice impactful enough? Uh, all those things. Can I say what I want to say in a way that's going to contribute, That in a way that's going to connect? Am I going to be able to articulate myself in a manner that achieves the goals and the outcomes that I have for this fucking show? And that's a lot, at least for me it was, because I saw it as a responsibility. I saw it as a big responsibility. Um, the vision I have for where this podcast goes in season two is, is on content. And it's on taking whatever the fuck we talked about in season one and amplifying that shit. And making the message louder. Making the subject matter deeper. Growing the audience um, so that it's 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 touching it's connecting it's 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 spreading um because i do believe that the shit that's discussed here the shit that i want to discuss the things that we are discussing are are relevant they matter they push the needle of progression and of betterment whether it be an inch two a millimeter a centimeter it's still pushing the fucking needle and that's what i want it to do However, the growth to get there, it was challenging. Uh, I launched on Christmas Day 2019. And as I said, I had the idea of, I, I not the idea, but I had known of my grandmother's diagnosis and what that, you know, entailed. As I was trying to wrap my head around kicking off this podcast, and the things that I, I felt like I had to ask myself um, and then provide answers on um, were necessary because I wanted this to be serious. I wanted this to be beyond entertaining, um, be relevant, be real. And that's that feeling is based in because... I recognize that voice has power, my voice has power, and in that uh, there's a responsibility that comes with having that voice, with having uh, that ability, that power. It's not one um, 
that everyone accepts. I don't think everyone has to uh, accept that um, that responsibility. I think when we do, we recognize the, or we should recognize the power um, that we are now looking to wield, understand uh, its ability to sway, its ability to inspire, its ability to offend. Um, the title of this podcast is Everybody Mad, and that's not by coincidence. I mean, it could be coincidental that the, the, how the name came up, but it's by design it was intentional um this is not to uh this isn't to obfuscate this is this fucking real and direct about how i see the world and 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 the opinions that i have about it and the shit that i want you to hear and for me, I'm thankful that you come back each week and you tune in and you engage. Uh, I'm thankful that you share, you know, the content. I want to keep pushing that shit. I want to keep pushing it. We have to keep pushing it. I know we have to. I know we have to specifically based on where I am at now in life. But something that... that not knowing until today and 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 reflecting and and going back and just like looking at some old shit so i decided to go back and look through previous instagram posts i cannot remember why i started this this journey of going back i have over 2400 photos or posts on instagram so that's a lot but i want to go back to a post from august 30th 2013 um I'm not quite sure where, what event this was. I feel like this might have been an event from um, at Morehouse College while I was down in Atlanta. Tonight I shed several tears. As I watched and listened to stories and people talk about their experiences back on August 28, 1963, I couldn't help but to feel inadequate in the current day. As a black man that has been blessed, I feel I must now do more to be productive, to help others, to further the dream. I'm realizing something I think many parents know, that it's not about me. It's about what I do for those coming behind me. So I have to make this life. I'm not sure what else I said there. But the caption, this time means something. We all, we all actually do think about it after all the parties and excitement. What are we going to do? What are we standing for? What change did we make happen? What cause did we fight for? What legacy did we leave? In many ways, I didn't start the podcast and thinking about leaving a legacy. I realized through the growth process of asking myself questions, trying to reconcile that sometimes you don't or rather that you don't necessarily have to take on the responsibility of recognizing that there's power in your voice but when you do what that means and for me it means putting a dope ass show together and bringing content that that hits bringing content that connects bringing content and conversations and topics that is going to piss everyone off it may not piss everyone off each episode, but it's going to piss people off. Everybody's going to be mad. And that's okay. 
that's the direction in which I wanted to go for this episode. So I find myself here in this moment. Where am I? Right now, I'm in a space where I feel like I'm building freedom. I feel like I'm in a space where I'm starting to live life a little bit on my own terms. I'm having more conversations, deeper conversations about the relationships I'm in and what they mean to my further growth and development. The conversations that help push the envelope, the the organizations that I work for that advance progress and development. I'm in a space where I'm relaxed and I'm comfortable. I'm stressed-free right now. It was that space that I originally planned on starting this episode from, was to talk about, you know, where I'm at right now. I'm in a space right now where I wake up when I want, I sleep when I want, I eat when I want, and prior to a day ago, I was smoking at any time I wanted. And that's because I didn't have any responsibilities. I don't have any responsibilities at this moment. I'm unemployed by choice. I took, decided to take some time after uh, wrapping up my last contracts to relax. You know, I found that that hard work provided me an opportunity to take a few months off. I was able to pay my you know bills early and now I, I, I took the whole entire month of November off. I, I sat at home. I said I woke up when I wanted. I slept when I wanted. I ate. I, I shitted and slept and, and all those those wonderful things in between. And I didn't have stress. I was relaxed about it. I wasn't worried about taking a nap and whether that time should be spent applying for jobs or waking up from a nap and trying to eagerly check my emails to see if someone's reached out to me. It's beautiful. It feels good. It's 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 not even like there's a weight there. And the reason why that was needed was just this past year was intense. There was a lot happening. There was a lot going on in the world. And particularly for the work uh, that I was doing, challenging whiteness is draining. And pushing back against the systems of whiteness is, is no easy task. And it's sometimes why I do feel like the world is sitting on my shoulders. The problems are humongous. They're multi-layered. They're challenging to defeat. And I want to keep every day pushing that needle. I want to figure out more ways to be doing this better. This podcast is one, you know, I guess new tool in my arsenal to do that. And I'm happy for it. I'm happy that I'm feeling free mentally and, and physically to put this, this episode together in what I originally thought was going to be somewhat difficult to get through, uh, somewhat difficult to sum up the words and deliver and, and bring forth in this this dialogue, monologue, conversation, whatever we're calling it. Because I had in mind 
the deepness that it has taken to navigate 2020. And as I said, there's more to come on this because some of this, I feel like, is incomplete. Um, still navigating the grieving process, still putting the pieces together for season two, still trying to think of other ways in which this podcast grows, me considering what my next job opportunities are. It's a lot. Um, I'm starting to, you know, think about what next steps are, starting to um, wonder. And it's good because I'm in a space where my mind is feeling really creative. It's I'm in a space where I don't have certain stress and I don't have certain responsibilities. So I have some more flexibility and I plan on using it as best as possible over these next few months because there is more to do. There are next steps. I don't know exactly what they all are. I'm not quite sure on all of what the answers are. I do know that I feel that this space is one where living life on your own terms is definitely going to be the goal. It will be the outcome. And it's the message that I feel like going forward has to be centered around. Because I'm a black man and this entire conversation centers around my blackness and the black community. It centers around me knowing the power of voice and knowing that what next has to be and has to look like me, you, and all the rest of us that look like us living life on our own terms. It's what I've gotten from this entire year. It's it's the message that I got with having to move forward after my grandmother's death and putting those pieces together still, figuring out how to continue to walk and move on the next day and the day after that and the day after that. Because I wanna live on my own terms. I want to do the things that make me happy. I want other black people to figure out what the, are the things that make them happy and have space to do those things and, and feel fulfilled in them. And that life isn't about struggle and our connection to it, but that it's about fulfillment, enrichment. It's about fully being able to admire and embrace and have fun in what we call our culture. Because whiteness and all the terrible things that whiteness brings is not a factor because we are living life on our own fucking terms. <sighs> Money, power, respect. The Black Collective. And as shortly as possible, I'm gonna to try to sum up my thoughts, visions, and perspectives on to where I feel like we are as the Black Collective. And I wanna tie in three specific things to the collective. Whiteness, finances, 
relationships. I truly feel that most things, if not all things, have been developed and structured under the, the, the system of white supremacy, racism, and patriarchy. And in that, I truly feel we have to learn to question everything. Uh, in this moment, I don't think there's much that we can deny is, is and when I say much, I mean our systems and institutions, um, aren't plagued by the history of whiteness. It has been decades, centuries of pillagement by white men. The world is envisioned and structured by and for white men. We have been living in their lineage for, for, for who knows how long. I, I don't even want to put a number to it. But it's been a long ass time. And it is, I think it's central, that idea of understanding how pervasive, how enrooted white supremacy, racism, uh, and patriarchy is ingrained in our institutions and in oftentimes in us. That we have to start to question all of it, all of our belief factors, all of it going back to, to the beginning. I truly think that in order for black people to have successful relations going forward in the future, we have to remove this obligatory notion that a black man has to provide. And what I mean by that is finances. What I mean by that is having this obligatory notion that it is that it is the man, the black man's responsibility to be the financial provider, to be the financial leader, to be the one heading the household in that manner. It creates a, a structure and a system that isn't beneficial to us. It isn't one that gives us equal footing to, to launch from. It isn't one that has been successful for us over the last 60 years. It's not one that has advanced us in terms of education, in terms of employment, in terms of home ownership. Take a look. It hasn't. Uh what is it, 70% of black households are led by single mothers. Um, the average income of a black household is only $58,000 a year. These are numbers, they're statistics, they matter. They matter to the overall perspective in the diagram that we're painting. We're painting a picture that is continuously uh, kept us behind. It has not allowed us to grow. It is what is keeping our relationships contentious. It's what's continuing to pit the black man and the black woman against each other. We're each trying to hold on to the little bit that we have while also trying to engage with one another, while also trying to make sure that our worth is valued, that our worth is met, that it's equally matched. But guess what? Collectively as a community, our worth is squat. And I don't say that to be flippant. I don't say that to be dismissive of the progress and the goals and the gains that black people have made in this country, specifically within the last 60 years. But it's not the vast majority. It's not 
I think only, what is it? What was the statistic I recently heard about 10% of the country, of the population making over $100,000? And of that 10%, black people only make up 15% of that group? I, I, I want to say that. Someone fact check that. It might be wrong. Um, however, given what I do know about the economic situation within the black community, those numbers don't sound too far fetched. And I think it's important to, to talk about it in real con conceptual ways that, that help paint the picture as to why I think when it comes to finances, we have to diverge from this premise that a black man has to provide and instead look at how we as two people, men, women, men, men, women, women, can come together and dispel this notion that a black man is the provider, that a black man is the one that has to lead. And not looking to excuse black men from the responsibility of showing up in relationships and meeting a woman where she's at and, and, and her meeting him where he's at. What I'm saying is let's remove white supremacy from the conversation. Let's remove white supremacy from the dynamic. Let's look at it as if two people, whatever their situation may be financially, are meeting each other there and having a conversation about them at that moment. Where they're at, how they can grow, how they can progress together. Some will say, well, and at some point you have to start thinking about family and kids and, and what that looks like. Sure, don't disagree. Those are intangibles, though, to the two people. Those are are not things that are currently present unless you're coming into the situation with kids already. That's not something that's currently present. We, we, we have to focus on the here and now. Because if history shows anything, down the line still won't be much ahead for us. Let's take white supremacy out of it. Let's look at the finances of, of, of a black couple more as, okay, you're coming with what you have, I'm coming with what you have, but what I'm more, or in terms of finances, you're coming with what you have, I'm coming with what I have, but what I'm more concerned about is, is what's, your, what's your ambition? What is your plan to overcome if that's what you wanna do? And how, as your person that, that's kicking and vibing with you, how I can be of support, how I can hold you down, how I can help you plan, how I can add and, and provide some benefit. I personally think if we removed whiteness, if we removed this obligatory white notion that a black man is supposed to be the leader and the financial uh, empowerment of, of the home and of the family, I think our relations get better. I think we're better able to start meeting people where they're at. I think we're better able to start having better relations with one another that don't just extend uh, past our heterosexual relationships, but that extend into our homosexual relationships. Because the, that dynamic is, is not colored by this prism that, that black men are still somehow supposed to just simply be at the fucking top. Please listen to how I said that because it's it's vitally important. If you want a black man to be the lead, sure. If it works for you, go for it. 
I would ask you though to really sit back and, and, and take a holistic look uh, and ask yourself, is it working? When you look at it holistically, when you look at the community as a collective, ask yourself, is it working? And then ask yourself if that if that bothers you. For me, it does. I talked about hearing stories from August 1963. I think about where we have come since then. And there have been gains. We have we, we have had progress. We've also seen some of that progress be erased and wiped out. We continue to see the struggle within black communities. We continue to see the struggles within trying to find black relations. So it working for a small few, that's cool and shit. But then you gotta ask who's it really working for? Is it working for us or for the white man? So what's next? How do we, what's forward look like? How do we start to better become in relations with one another? It starts with starting to look at one another as people again. It's about giving one another grace. And the grace in this is, again, looking at it as, as black people. We're both, in, we're all in the same position. If I make $100,000 and the people I grew up with uh, or my family members are only making forty, fifty, under $60,000 a year, are we good? I'm good. Are we good? We ain't good. The we in that ain't good. I want it to be where the we is good. I, I I want to be able to see that for us, for our community, for the black collective. It is necessary that we start giving each other more grace, that black men start to see black women as equals and individuals that should be listened to and followed and, and supported and cheered on and some will say protected and provided for in some instances. We, we, we have to start foremost though seeing them as equals, giving them that grace because at that point what we can start to see is a full doors opening and flourishment of, 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 of black willpower. Black women giving black men more grace for not potentially being on the same financial plateau you are. Giving yourself more grace for the, the inaccurate alignments of, of your dating history. Give yourself grace for that. Many of us didn't learn how to date. We weren't provided with a handbook that says this is how you're supposed to go out here and, and you know, date a man or date a woman. We, we picked up the different pieces from the people around us, from movies, from TV, from songs, from shit we thought we knew. But the reality of the situation is we only are able to start growing in that manner once we start dating. Because the real 
understanding of it all is that when you're dating, you're you're forcefully putting yourself in direct engagement with another person. And the hardest part about that is trying to get two complex and complicated people to agree more often than not. Because that's essentially what any relationship comes down to is finding an ability to agree more often than not. And so we, 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 we have to think back to just not having those skills, not having those techniques, not having any of that information that has not been framed by whiteness. Think about that not having any of those tools and information that was not framed by whiteness. And when we look at how we date, how we engage, if we took a holistic look at it, it's based and built around whiteness. Black men are perceived to have to be their providers because white men are. However, we're not on the equal same plateau as white men. In the 60s and 70s, there were deliberate efforts to, 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 to pretty much put, erase the black man. And even prior to that, we never had equal footing. So when we look at this concept around providing and being a lead, we have to ask ourselves, from where are we doing this from? What position are, are we starting from? And if we were honest with ourselves, if we were honest the, uh, about the, the collective, we were honest about our position, we would see and fully just aha moment it as, oh, fuck. We're starting from a place of quicksand. We're starting from a place of quicksand. Dating for black people is playing in quicksand. And with that, I might let it go. I made it through this episode and I'm thankful. Uh, the Trojan. Email everybodymadpie at gmail.com. Tell me how you feel about this show. I want your thoughts. I want your feedback. Share it. Tell someone else about it. Ask them to comment. Tell them to tell me how they feel. I want to know. So, hit me up. IG and Facebook. Like and follow. Everybody Mad Pod. Everybody Mad Pod. Or Everybody Mad on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe if you're feeling this. If not, thanks for listening. My Live for Something is a small little dedication. I made it through the episode. So... I'm going to thank the ancestors and say thank you, Thenia. Peace out, y'all.